You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Mark chapter 2, we're going to read verse 1, 2, and then jump to 5. So we'll say, several days later, Jesus, was, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was not room for not even one more person, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. As he preached the word, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd, so they dug through the clay roof above his head. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I love that, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven and you are healed. I'm going to talk to you today about faith, about how faith creates an atmosphere, Things begin, things can happen when faith is your atmosphere, amen? When you, whenever you create an atmosphere of faith, things begin to change and things can happen for you, right? Amen. Tell somebody, God responds to faith. I don't know why, but everybody is all up in my notes today. That means God is trying to get something to you. Greg was talking about it. No matter what's going on, have faith. God's responding to faith. Parrish came up and was praying and said, God responds to faith. She had no idea. She doesn't know what I preach. I just, I prepare it. She prays for me. She doesn't look at my notes. So that was not an orchestrated thing between a husband and wife. That's the orchestrated thing between Holy Spirit and you. Amen. God responds to your faith. Verse 4 says that Jesus saw their faith and responded. That's the reason that I wanted to use this translation. He responded by forgiving the sins of this paralyzed man and healing him. Now, I want to take just a second and get off of my notes and just remind you today that the reason that this man had to be forgiven of his sins before the healing could manifest is because the word says that the, that the wages of sin is death, and what comes before sin is sickness and disease and, 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 and uh, things that are wrong with your body, un, unhealthy, right? So if Jesus would have healed the man and not taken care of the sins, then the sickness would have just come right back. But you, we don't have to worry about that because our sin was dealt with over 2,000 years ago and the blood is still in effect today, amen? Amen. So you have the boldness to just receive your healing. I wanted to point that out before we went on just so that it, nobody was confused about <laughs> making sure your sins are forgiven before you get your healing. That's not the way it works for you. So if the man wasn't forgiven, the sickness would have come back. But like I said, we don't have to worry about that. Amen. God responds to faith. Dr. Holler touched on this last week or maybe on Wednesday, but I love this story and how uh, Jesus' first miracle, whenever he turned the water into wine, and um, his mama had come up, and, and I, can, I can picture 
Jesus, in a conversation, right? He's at a wedding. He's not a, a prude. I mean, he's not going to just sit and not do anything just because he's Messiah. He's going to walk up. He's talking to people. He's at a wedding. So he's having a conversation with somebody, and he's like, hey, did you hear about old so-and-so? And, and it was great because, what, mom? You know, like she's nagging him like, hey, hey, they ran out of wine. What, I mean, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, you know, woman, what have I, you know, what am I going to do with you? You know, I don't, my time has not come. And, and she acts like she doesn't even hear him, right? Dr. Holler told this story, but I'm telling it again. Maybe you weren't here. So he, Jesus, I mean, yeah, Jesus is talking to his mom and she says, you know, we don't have any wine. And he, and he says, my time has not come. And, and she said, okay. And then she turns around to the guys, the, 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 some men there and says, hey, whatever he says to do, make sure you do it. So in other words, okay, son, I heard you. I heard you. Now he's fixing to ask you to do something. And what did Jesus do? Gah! Go get the pots, fill them up with water, right? Her faith ignited something in him. He cannot refuse it. If you bring faith to God, it, it has, he is obligated by his word to perform, to get something to you, to get your need met. Amen? Amen. He's got this situation where, where his mama is saying, listen, whatever, whatever he says to do, I want you to do it. And, and, and Jesus has to respond. So guess what? Jesus made wine. Turn the water into wine. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> God responds to your faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The word says those that come to God. He is a rewarder, right? So when you come to God, there's, he's a rewarder. So that leads me to believe that part of your reward is his presence. You're coming to God, diligently seeking him in his presence, and he's rewarding you. I see that reward as part of his presence that's always with you. That's, that's part of your reward is his presence. That's why that the word says in Psalm chapter 22 that he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits your praises today. You may not know this, but God inhabits your praises. When you begin to worship God and praise him, it's an act of faith. If you've been around me for 12 seconds, I've probably told you that before. It's an act of faith. When you worship God, God gets involved because it's faith. Come on, how many of you this morning, even on the way to church, sometime this morning from the time you woke up until now, something has happened to try to change your mood? Come on, anybody. If you've got children, even one, you better have both hands raised. <laughs> I know. Something has happened to try to change your mood. So that tells me right there that in that moment, you didn't want to worship. I have been in, in, in situations and times in my life where I just didn't really feel like worshiping God. 
I didn't feel like stepping out and saying, God, I trust you. I didn't feel like stepping out and saying, you're holy, you're wonderful. Even though that he is, situations and circumstances that I was facing, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to worship God. Did the worship pastor's husband really just say that? Did he really just say that? Yeah, I did. Well, not me. I always feel like worshiping. So now you're lying. <laughs> so now you're in church lying. You don't always feel like worshiping God. It's an act of faith. Just like it's an act of faith to walk out a healing. Just like it's an act of faith to say, even though my head hurts right now, I'm healed. Worshiping God is an act of faith. And God gets involved. We don't always feel like it. Listen, in the old days in battle, they would send out music, musicians and, and, and worshipers in the music before the army, before the warriors. They would send them out before. Before the battle, they would send them out. Why? To confuse the enemy. Because the enemy is looking at all these musicians and all this joy coming at them, and they're like, what in the world? What is happening right now? Do they know I'm fixing to chop their head off? They're singing. What is happening? Gets them all discombobulated. And then in for the win. That's what you're doing every time you worship God in faith, especially whenever things are not going well for you and you're worshiping God and you're choosing to just step out and just worship. You're confusing the enemy because he's like, wait a minute. I have stacked all kinds of hell up against you all week long, time after time after time after time, and you're still choosing to worship. What? is wrong with you you set an atmosphere every time you open your mouth to worship God every time especially when things are not going well when you're in the midst of something that you don't feel like facing and you just begin to worship God and then you sing it is well with my soul when you sing, when peace like a river attendeth my way. Come on, sing it with me. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my love thou hast It is well with my soul. You just set an atmosphere just now. Just now, because we all just said that something has happened this morning. Something has happened this morning that has caused you to try to get you not in the mood. But just now, singing, it is well with my soul, you created an atmosphere. Did you feel a shift just now? I did. I did. 
I felt a shift. I felt something change. Because you're setting an atmosphere. You are setting an atmosphere. He abides in your praises. Imagine how different the story would have been (laughs) if Paul and Silas had just sat there whenever they were arrested. Had they not begun to worship God. Do you think they felt like it? (laughs) They were bruised and bloody, sitting in chains. Do you think they felt like it? No. But I believe that Paul and Silas had a revelation that God inhabits their praises. I believe that. Because I don't believe that that was the first time that they had worshiped God. They had been in bad situations before. This wasn't the only time. So I don't believe that this was the first time that they had worshiped. I believe that they had an experience before, and when they got in this situation, they couldn't help it because they knew the experience that they had before. They knew that the feeling that they felt before was different. And so now when they're in a situation, they begin to worship God. They were singing, it is well with my soul. I'm sitting in chains, but it is well with my soul, right? I'm bleeding out my ear, but it is well with my soul. You set an atmosphere, and God begins to change the situation that you're sitting in. I believe that it happened kind of like this, because... I've, there's been several times where I've tried to lose weight and taken advice from nutrition nutritionists and 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 gone and seen people that stuck needles in my stomach. I've tried everything, y'all. I just love food. I have tried it. I've tried it. I've tried it. And they've told me that what happens is when you eat something that's full of sugar, like a hamburger, and you eat a hamburger, your brain gets energized. Right? So, the, so when you feel tired and it's more convenient than taking vitamins or, or uh, continuing to drink lots of water, it's more convenient just to drive through and grab a burger real quick. Your brain instantly says, hey, go get a burger because I remember the way that it happened last time. I believe that's what Paul and Silas did. They had experienced it before. They knew that things would change if they just began to worship. Even if it didn't necessarily change right instantly on the outside, it changed inside. It made them peace. And I believe that that they had had that experience before. So when this came up, they said, ah, ha, I know exactly what to do. Remember Silas? Let's worship. And you know what happened? Their situation changed. God caused something to shake. Their situation changed. They're shouting in praise and they're singing in praise and there's laughing in praise. I've been leading worship before and then just just get let out a little ha 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 and I'm like, why did I just do that? <laughs> Nothing's funny right now. Nobody said a joke. Why am I, why did I chuckle? <laughs> Just, it's, it's joy that's inside of you that comes out. There's laughing. 
There's dancing and praise. There's joy, fullness of joy and praise because you're in his presence. And there's also, I'm going to say, just crawling and whispering in praise. Think about this. Praise and worship is telling God, you're holy, you're worthy, you're able. I trust you. I trust you. And the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and had was nothing better, but rather she grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came into the press behind and touched his garment. For she said to herself, if I may touch only his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus, verse 30, Jesus immediately, knowing himself that virtue had gone out of him, he turned about into the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples looked at him crazy. Can you imagine that? What are you, are you kidding? Who touched your clothes? Everybody's touched your clothes. They're, they're grabbing at you like a wild banshee. Like what is happening? They say, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around and saw her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Now, she didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Did she? Did she have a relationship with him before this? No. The word says that she heard about Jesus. She heard that Jesus was going to be there, and she heard about his miracles. She heard about his ability. So crawling and whispering through the crowd, if I could just touch his garment. In other words, I trust you. I trust you. I know that you're able because if I could just touch your garment, it doesn't even have to be your skin. If I could just touch your garment, then I know that I'll be whole. I trust you. That's what she's saying. And I find it interesting that she didn't even have a relationship. Listen, let me submit to you today that your atmosphere of faith is going to spill over onto other people. Somebody had an atmosphere of faith and told her about it, which created in her faith, which created a way for her to know to trust him. Somebody told her at some point, Jesus is able. So when she got in his presence, she said, I'm willing to give that a try because for 12 years I've had no success and I've spent everything that I've had. So I'm willing to give it a try. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm just going to crawl through and if I could just touch his garment, I can be made whole. She was made whole. And then Jesus said, go in Peace. Go in arene. Go in arene. Go in peace. That word means peace, quietness, prosperity, security, safety. Don't you know that her situation was turned around? 
Because when she got there, she didn't have peace. She didn't have security. She didn't have safety. She didn't have health. But when Jesus spoke the words, go in peace, instantly she got it. And she was able to go from that place in peace. Her circumstance was changed by her faith instead of letting her circumstance change her faith. Amen? When you get up on Sunday morning and you can't find your hairbrush and that's the end of the world to you, it is for me sometimes. If I can't find my hair gel, my gorilla snot, sometimes I have to compose myself because I knew one of my seven children has come into my bathroom, taken my hair gel, and I have to say, Arene. Arene on me. Peace. Arene on me. Right? When you're driving to church and you've spilled coffee on you, I did it. I've done it. Or your, or your baby spits up on you. I don't think in the 12 years that Parrish and I have been leading worship, I don't think that there's ever been a service I have not led people into the presence of God with throw up on me somewhere on my shoulder, on my shirt, on my pants, somewhere. When you're on the way to church and things start happening, just begin, whatever you find yourself in, create an atmosphere with your word. Just begin to create an atmosphere of faith. Tell yourself, listen, you're on the way to church. God's got a word for you. If you're sick in your body, God's there to heal you. If you're facing something, he's going to change it. Amen. Start creating an atmosphere. Let faith change your circumstance instead of your circumstance changing your faith. Maybe you walk in late, somebody's already got your seat. Somebody stole your parking lot, you, the parking space you always take in the parking lot. Don't get in a mood, get in the groove. Get in a groove of faith. Pick a different seat that day. Amen. <laughs> Let faith change your circumstance instead of your circumstance changing your faith. In Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, verse 13, it says, you all know this story, Shadrach, Meshach, and the Billy Go, I mean, Abednego. <laughs> Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of the gold I have set up before you? Now, when you hear the sound of the, the horn and the flute and the lyre and the harp and the pipe and all the kinds of music, you're, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I've made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be, you will be able to rescue you from my hand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Amen. But just for your benefit of the doubt, 
<laughs> if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him. Amen. You're not getting your way. Just for the benefit of your doubt, king, we're still worshiping him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a, an opportunity to let their circumstance change their faith. And I love their answer. We don't need to defend ourselves to you. I know what's stacked up against me. And I don't have to defend myself because the God that I serve defends me plenty. That's what they're saying. I love that. You know how the story ended. God delivered them. I don't care if you throw me in the fire, they said. My God will deliver us. But just in case he doesn't, just for your doubt, the benefit of your doubt, not my doubt, they've already said he will deliver us. But because you have doubt for your benefit, even if he doesn't, you're not getting your way because I will not worship you. The idol. Come on, devil, it may look like you have the upper hand, but I don't have to defend myself to you. It may look like I'm sick in my body, but I don't have to defend myself to that situation. It may look like I'm struggling, struggling a little bit in my speech or in my walk or in my finances or any area of your life, but you don't have to defend yourself to that. Your God will deliver you. The God I serve will deliver me. Somebody say faith. Matthew 17 and 20 says, Jesus says, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall go and say into this mountain, remove hence and go yonder place and it shall be removed and nothing shall be impossible for you. Mark eleven twenty three says, For verily I say to you that whatsoever you say unto this mountain, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and they shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Create an atmosphere of faith. Listen, we were not designed to have unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayer does not exist in, a, in an atmosphere of faith. Garth got it wrong. Some of God's greatest gifts. That's not true. <laughs> It's not true. That's why we can't find anywhere in the word in the word of God how to deal. We're not we're not prepared by the word to deal with an unanswered prayer. We think that we should have unanswered prayer because that's the way that we've been conditioned. But take me to a place in scripture where God says, "Now listen, if I don't answer your prayer, this is what you do." It's not there. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Find me after service and, and take me to the word and say, this is what God says to do about unanswered prayer. <laughs> 
The reason that God, that Jesus wants all of your prayers answered is because God gets the glory. That's why Jesus wants to answer your prayer. That's why Jesus wants you in a realm of faith to, to be praying a prayer of faith. The only prayer to pray is a prayer of faith. That's the only one that's going to be effective. If you're praying without faith, it's not going to work. Create an atmosphere of faith. John 14, 13 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. First John 5, 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have before him. He wants you to have confidence. He's gonna answer it for you just so that God can get the glory. Not even so that Jesus can look good. It's so that God can get the glory. Amen. Somebody say, I got the power. Y'all remember that little jingle? I got the power. <laughs> Faith is something to, yes, Kenny, with a broken foot and all, you got the power. Faith is something to get excited about. There has to be an atmosphere of faith in the church for our lives to be changed and transformed. Another thing that helps an atmosphere of faith is unity in the church. When Jesus, even when Jesus went to his hometown to minister, the word says not many were healed. He wasn't able to do many things there because of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith. Jesus himself wasn't even able to do many things because of the unbelief. If we're walking without an atmosphere of faith, then, and we're wondering why things aren't changing. The word says that without vision, people perish. Not perish, not beauty and gorgeous and amazing and kisses good. Perish death. Not P-A-P-E, right? Without vision, the people die. Okay? Wanted to get that straight. Division, the lack of vision, division, division is the lack of vision. Listen, sometimes we're in a group of people or we're, we participate in things that we don't have the same vision with and we wonder why it's not successful. We put all that we have into it. We put all that we have into it. We think that we're doing the right thing. Everything's done with a grateful heart even. But you don't have the same vision. There's not a connection. So it doesn't succeed. Why? Because it's division. It's without vision. And without vision, perish. P-E, perish, right? So if you're involved in a church or a ministry, you need to get their vision. You need to find out what the vision that you are in agreement on. Prophet Frank, <laughs> Elder Frank told me that. I knew it, but whenever he said it, something, something resonated. He, he's all about vision. He says, write, write down the vision. What is your vision? What is, what's going to happen? Where are you headed? There's got to be a vision because without it, you perish, you die. And if you're involved in something and you're putting your whole heart into it, and you are, I believe that, you're doing it with a grateful heart, you're doing it with a grateful attitude, but you're wondering why it's not succeeding and the reason is because you don't have the same vision. Create an atmosphere by getting in the same vision with somebody. 
We have the right intentions, but because it's divided, there's no vision. It's up to us to move in faith. Creating an atmosphere of faith in the church starts during the week. Don't leave it up to the worship pastor to drag you into an encounter with God, kicking and screaming because you're not used to it. Worship God by yourself during the week. You don't need lights and the music and the mics. All that's good in a corporate setting, but you don't need it just to worship. I have gotten on my piano, and this is, I'm not bragging, I'm not saying you have to do it like just like me, but I have gotten on my piano in the living room and just lost track of time worshiping God. To the point Parrish comes up and she's like, what are you doing? It is, it's two in the morning, let's go to bed. You know, I, I get lost in it. Worship God by yourself and watch God get involved. Be a part of it. Get involved in the worship. Psalm 100, and 100 verse four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's an action from you. Enter. It, it, takes a, it takes a step. It takes an action. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Psalm 47 one says, clap your hands. Psalm 33 and three says, shout for joy. Psalm 47 one says, shout unto God with cries of joy. Psalm 66 one says, shout with joy to God. Psalm 95 one says, shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 96 and seven says, sing to the Lord and praise his name. Psalm, not, Psalm 13 and six, one of my favorites says, I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me all of that is an action from you we can't walk into a church and expect everything to be done for you it starts during the week begin praying for your the leadership of your church pray for your pastors they are strong and courageous and they pray a lot for you but we should be praying for them create an atmosphere before you get here Create an atmosphere in your everyday life of faith. Don't leave it up to the pastor to give you a good word every week. Don't come to church and say, well, I didn't get much out of that word. Well, what, what had you already been looking at yourself? What word was already in you to resonate that, right? I didn't get much out of what he preached today. Well, what had you already been, what was stirring in your spirit what was there to connect to? Crack open the word. It's so, it's so much more convenient nowadays to read your Bible than it ever has been, I'm convinced. It's everywhere, everywhere. I can pick up my iPad and open the Bible. I can pick up my, uh, my son's Android and open the Bible. I can pick up my iPhone and open the Bible. I can turn on Roku on TV, the Netflix, and open the Bible. There's an audio video Bible on Netflix. You can get the word anywhere. It's so much more convenient. Even something as simple as when you call someone on the phone that you noticed wasn't there on Sunday. You're creating an atmosphere of faith in them when you begin to brag about all the things that God did for you. Amen. Right? Yes. Notice they weren't there on Wednesday. You call them and say, listen, Dr. Holler brought the house down. 
which he does every time. The, the, the speaker brought down the house Wednesday and you're so, you better be sorry you missed it. <laughs> Things happened. I received healing. We watched Christina pray over Harper and she was healed. She is gaining weight. She's a big baby. She's getting, she's getting thick thighs. Which a baby should have thick thighs. Pretty eyes and thick thighs. <laughs> All these things create an atmosphere even before we get to church. We create an atmosphere when we get involved, when we call people, and when we, when we love on people. You're all, all of that intertwines in creating an atmosphere. What would have happened to this lame man if, the, if his friends had not gotten involved? If they didn't have the same vision? If they didn't encourage him? I'm sure it took a lot of encouragement for this guy. His friends are picking him up, and he's like, where are we going? Are we going? Jesus, who? I mean, what? We've tried everything. Put me down, you know. I can imagine it. That would be embarrassing. If I was a layman on a cot and my friends are tearing up the church. If we were standing here and somebody blew a hole through the ceiling and then somebody just jumps down, I'd be like, what is happening? What in the world? Pray for him. Who are you? you I'm suing. You dug my clay roof up, you know. It was outrageous faith. Amen. And they had to have created an atmosphere over and over because that kind of thing just doesn't happen. You don't walk into a place with outrageous faith like that and not have created an atmosphere already. Amen. They had expectation before they got there because when they got there and they couldn't get in, they said, listen, I know another way in. It may sound crazy, but just bear with me. Get those rocks. We're going to bang the snot out of this roof. And then we're going to fall down in front of Jesus himself. They took part in what was happening. You can do it at home, at work, in the produce aisle, at Walmart. When you're with your family, when you're with your friends. And why is an atmosphere of faith so important? It brings freedom to you. It brings freedom to you. An atmosphere of faith brings freedom. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you are free indeed, John eight thirty six. An atmosphere of faith brings you freedom. An atmosphere of faith brings action. Your situation will change when you exercise your faith. An atmosphere of faith brings revelation. Wisdom is given to those who ask in faith. If any man lacks wisdom, ask. And my Father in heaven will give freely, give a lot liberally to you. Won't hold back. An atmosphere of faith brings trust. Psalm 37, 40 says, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them walking in faith an atmosphere of faith brings healing and deliverance if any of you is sick call on the elders and pray a prayer of faith and he will save the sick and raise them up save the sick and raise them up father I thank you for faith rising in this atmosphere
We're creating faith here today. And I thank you, Father, for the love that you have flowing in this place right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just glorify you today. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the power.